right. All right, all right. Hey, look, in the back of the room, we have popcorn and soda, pop, Coke, whatever you want to call it. So if you didn't get any of that, we have some of that in the back. And now would be a good time for you to run back there and grab you some if you'd like some of that. But what we're going to do, like we've done the last two weeks, is we're going to pop our top together on the count of three. And I love this, doing this. It never gets old. So if you will, get your sodas out, get them ready. And on the count of three, let's pop our top. Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. Enjoy the movie. Hey everybody, I'm so glad you're with us today for part three of At The Movies. Before we get into our movie for the day, I want to remind you that we're just two weeks away from our annual legacy offering where we ask everybody to bring an offering over and above what you regularly give and let's give it to make a difference right here in Wichita Falls in Texoma, Texas, America and around the world, alright? So this year's legacy offering is Sunday, December 13th, and we're encouraging everyone whose life has been changed by God here at City Hope to participate in this special one-time offering. This offering will be given to impact many people in a lot of different ways, and one of those is the Leadership Academy here at City Hope. You know, when Jesus looked at the world, He said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. In other words, there's a great opportunity. But the problem is there's not enough people who will go into that harvest field. And that's why the City Hope Leadership Academy is so important. It's what it's all about. We want to educate, equip, and empower the next generation for an eternal impact. So we've entered this partnership with Highlands College. And we're going to be offering a two-year ministry training program where you'll be able to earn a ministry certificate right here at City Hope Church. So right now, we're planning to hold our first semester of the City Hope Leadership Academy in January. I honestly can't think of anything we do that's more important than raising up a next generation of believers, a next generation of world changers. So before we got into the message today, I just wanted to remind you about the Legacy Offering, remind you about the City Hope Leadership Academy, and, and just remind you that God is not finished with us yet. From the very beginning, we've had a vision and a passion to develop leaders. And can I tell you that this is just the beginning. All right, let's get ready to enjoy today's movie.
clause is fantastic. Did you sign a contract? No, there wasn't any time. Myrna's going to have him sign after the parade. She'll have him fill out his employment papers and he'll start work in the morning. Well, the only condition he insisted upon is that he be able to wear his own Santa suit. He has his own Santa suit? Apparently. Well, if it's horrible, we'll make him wear one of ours. I'm going home. You're not going to watch the rest of the parade? No, I think I've had quite enough for one day. Thank you. I will see you in the morning. Okay. Chin chin. the parade from this window. Slip into something comfortable and come on over. P.S. Mr. Bedford puts turkey in the oven. He said you forgot to sew up the turkey's bottom. The stuffing will all fall out. But he told me not to say anything because he loves you and he wants to kiss you. And he thinks he's the most beautiful woman How much it costs to make this parade? Uh, a million dollars. Two million dollars? One point six. And it's probably a big mistake because some guy's gonna buy coals and turn it into a junk store. That's not gonna happen. Two big banks just came in and they rescued coals, so you better check your sources. But coals have to pay them back plus interest. If they don't sell a lot of stuff at Christmas, you can forget about it, pal. <laughs> Well, I think you should ask Santa Claus to give Coles an interest-free loan for Christmas. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, you know what? It might happen. I mean, Santa Claus, he does some pretty amazing things. Brian, you know what? I know. Know what? The secret. What secret? Santa Claus. I've known for a long time. He's not real. Says who? My mom. Hi. I believe you have something of mine. About four foot tall, brown hair, talks like she's 64 years old. Hey! Hi! Hi. Hi. So, what do you think? It's a good one. Yeah? Did Santa Claus come by yet? Nope. Is it Tony Falachi again? No, Tony had to leave. Bombed? Yes. It's a pressure. <laughs> but you know what? I got this new guy, and he really looks like the real thing. Maybe he is. <laughs> Come on. 
Are you still coming to dinner? Am I still invited? Yes. Then I'm coming. Honey, would you run home and put the camera stuff away? I'll put the stuff away. You keep watching. Okay. Let her finish watching the parade. Come on. Santa hasn't even come by yet. Well, as soon as Santa does come by, I would like for you to come home, all right? Sure. That's the end of the parade anyway. There's nothing else this year except guys cleaning up horse poop. And that doesn't thrill me at all. Today, we're going to enjoy the 1994 version of the holiday classic, Miracle on 34th Street. It's a story about a little girl named Susan who discovers that the most precious gift of all is something to believe in. And I can't think of anything more precious, more valuable, more life-changing than having something in your life that you know is real. You know, every one of us has a belief system. And our beliefs, whether true or not, dictates our lives. Our beliefs determine our outlook on life. And for some of you, well, really, you've simply given up faith. You don't believe anymore. And I believe that's why you're here today, to give faith another chance. You don't think he's nuts, do you? Mm hmm? Well, he believes he's Santa Claus, absolutely believes it. Maybe that's why he's good at it. What difference does it make? Have you looked at our stocks? They're through the roof. Sales are up 70% over last holiday. In a week, this company has turned around. And we could go the other way just as fast if this guy does anything wrong. What's he gonna do? I don't know. The fate of the entire company rests on one very unstable old man. I think you're celebrating our return just a little too soon. I'm not worried. Hello, little one. How are you? Uh, Come. Well. Uh, she's deaf. You don't have to talk to her. She just wanted to see you. You are a very beautiful young lady. <laughs> What's your name? Sammy. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> now, I tell you what. Do you know Jingle Bell? Yeah. Bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Darling, what would you like for Christmas? A dog. 
and a bear when you shall have them. Sammy, I wish you a Merry Christmas. driving me crazy and I can't sleep. Well, what's on your mind? Santa Claus. Mr. Kringle, why? What about him? He taught sign language with a kid today. Well, that was considerate of him. It's weird how he knows so much about toys and kids. Mm. He speaks Russian and Swahili. Well, he must be quite a learned man. He looks exactly like every picture of Santa Claus I ever saw. Yes, I know. That's why I chose him. You're positive he's not the real Santa Claus? I thought that we talked about this. You understand what he is. What if we're wrong? That would be extremely rude. <laughs> well, we're not wrong, sweetheart. But all my friends believe in Santa Claus. Well, most children your age do. How come I don't? Because you know the truth. And truth is one of the most important things in the world. To know the truth and to always be truthful with others, and more importantly, with yourself. And believing in myths and fantasies just makes you unhappy. Did you believe in Santa Claus when you were my age? Yes. Were you unhappy? Well, when all the things that I believed in turned out not to be true, yes, I was unhappy. Would it be okay if I thought about this some more? Do I have to not believe in Santa Claus right away? You have the right to believe whatever you want to believe. Now, I've told you the truth, but if I'm wrong, I would be glad to admit it. I'll tell you what. You ask Mr. Kringle for something that you would never ask me for. And if on Christmas morning you don't get it, you will know once and for all the honest truth about Santa Claus. That's a very clever idea. Thank you. You think you can get some sleep? Yep. Yeah? Give me a kiss. Good night. I love you. I love you. So I want to ask us this question today. Have I stopped believing? 
And you'll know if you have because unbelief will produce one of three symptoms in your life. The first thing that unbelief produces is exhaustion. You know why? Because we're no longer depending on God. We're depending on ourselves. And I'm telling you, that will wear you out, my friend. See, some of you are here today and you've stopped praying. You've stopped trusting. And instead, you're carrying all of your issues by yourself. You're believing in you. The problem is we can't handle our issues without God. And when we try, it's exhausting. Another symptom of unbelief is emptiness. Number two, it's emptiness. In other words, you just have this sense that something's missing. Do you know why? Because there is. There's something missing. You're a spiritual being. You're not a physical being. I mean, you are, but you're not just a physical being. And when we live our lives with just the physical reality, it leaves a void. And some of you are here today with a God-sized hole in your heart that really only God can fill. And you need to believe again. The last symptom of unbelief, number three, is enslavement. This one's the most serious because you have an enemy that is trying to get you to doubt God. He's trying to get you to stop believing in anything. And his ultimate goal is to enslave you to a new reality, one that doesn't believe in anything. So let me ask the question one more time. Have you stopped believing? Well, if you have, I have some good news for you. Jesus said it only takes faith like a tiny mustard seed to believe again. There's hope for a new day, even if you have the smallest amount of faith. Just be yourself. Don't even think about the camera. You'll be just fine. Right. I must confess, I don't quite know why they're making such a fuss about me. Well, this is the holiday season, and you're Santa Claus, right? To many, yes, but to others, I'm just an old man with a white beard. Yes, but you're still the symbol of the season. You think I'm a fraud, don't you? I think fraud is a bit too strong of a word. But you don't believe in me. I believe that Christmas is for children. Well, your daughter doesn't believe in me either. I don't think that there's any harm in not believing in a figure that many do acknowledge to be a fiction. Oh, but there is. I'm not just a whimsical figure who uh, wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. You know, I, I, I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol of the human ability to be able to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our lives. If you can't believe, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. I like you very much, Mrs. Mrs. Walker. You're a fine woman, and you know, I think you'll make an excellent test case for me, you and your daughter. If I could make you believe, then there'd be some hope for me. If I can't, 
Well, I'm finished. I think one of the most eye-opening lines in the movie is the one you just saw. That if you can't believe, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. So what do we do? Well, I think it's important for us to realize what faith really is. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Some people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And God says, no, 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 no. You've got it all backwards. Some things you have to believe in first in order to see them. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now that may seem hard to do, to believe in something you can't see, but what God does instead is He speaks to us. I'm not talking about with an audible voice. I'm talking about a, a, a still small voice, a voice deep down inside that's been telling you for some time that this is real. And you know it. See, God speaks to us on the inside. It's our spirit, man. Some of you, God's been speaking things like, you need to go all in. Give God your best. Do it today. Isn't it about time? Why not now? He's been speaking to you. And now it's time for you to take a step of faith toward that voice. Another way that we know God is real is by His presence. Maybe you can't see Him, but you can feel Him. Now some of you say, well, Pastor Ben, we don't believe based on a feeling. Well, the truth is, you do it all the time. You can't see the wind, but you know it's there because you feel it. You feel its power. You can see its impact without actually seeing the wind itself. I believe God is the same way. Even though we haven't seen Him yet, hey, He can be felt, He can be experienced, we can observe Him in action. Hey, you've seen the impact of God in other people's lives, and you know it's real. You know it. You've even felt His presence, maybe even today while we were worshiping, or perhaps in a quiet place. Why is that? Because His presence, the presence of God, is everywhere. And His one moment in His presence can change everything. And I hope you're experiencing His presence right now. Listen, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. There's a story in the Bible. It's the book of John, chapter 20. Jesus had already resurrected from the dead, and He had appeared to some of His disciples. When Thomas heard about this, he infamously said, I have to see it myself before I believe it. He, in other words, he said, I need to see it to believe it. And now he's gone down in history. Everybody knows about Thomas as doubting Thomas. Listen, Jesus said in, to Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29, the same thing that he wants to say to you and me today. Because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. And sometimes we have to take a step of faith to see it for ourselves.
pretty, isn't it? There really has to be something you want for Christmas. Hmm. I'm very good at keeping secrets, you know. If you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me. If you can't, you're just a nice man with a white beard like my mother says. Oh, Susan. <laughs> just because every child doesn't get his or her wish doesn't mean there's not a Santa Claus. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Did you? Yes. Well, a house is a very big order. And very expensive. Hmm. And a, and a baby, well, I mean, a baby takes uh, almost a year to, uh, to, uh... Nine months. More if the lady's late, less if the baby's a preemie. Right. <laughs> and a father. I mean, uh, no one can give anybody a father. <laughs> if Santa Claus really can make reindeer fly and go up and down people's chimneys and make millions of toys and go all around the world in one night, he could get somebody a house, and a brother, and a dad, right? Right, right, yes, I suppose he, he could. I don't think I'll ever get those things, so it's no big deal. Oh, well, um, perhaps I could keep this paper, could I? Sure. Well, my little angel. Good night. Good night, Susan. Good night, Mr. Kringle. A family for Christmas? I don't think so. So what do you want for Christmas? Well, I can't give you everything, but I can present to you the most precious gift of all, something to believe in. Come on, let's bow our heads for prayer. God, I thank you for every person who's here today. I believe you brought them here, that there's not a single person here today by accident. God, I believe you're speaking to people right now in that still, small, voice, that gentle knock on their heart's door. I believe your presence is here and they are experiencing it right now. God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the faith to take a step toward you, to put their faith 
in a God they can't see with their natural eyes, but they can hear and they can feel and they can sense in their hearts right now. I want you to keep your heads bowed for a moment. And I want you to realize that this could be your moment for life change. See, some of you are here today and you're exhausted. You're tired. You're you're on a journey without God. Others of you, you sense this emptiness inside. You're chasing everything else. You're, You're chasing a pill, a bottle, an experience, an encounter, a relationship. And you're realizing right now there's got to be more than this. For others, you're enslaved by the life you're living. And this is your moment. This is your time to believe so that you can see how God can change your life. You say, Ben, what's my next step? Well, it's pretty simple, but it will cost you everything. Can I say that again? It's simple, but it will cost you everything. God can save you. He can forgive you, cleanse you completely. He can give you the power to change if you will completely surrender control of your life to Him. You can do it in a simple prayer right where you are, right where you're seated, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I'm going to invite our service host to come to the platform, and they're going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But you need to make up your mind today. Make up your mind right now. We're not going to call you to the front. We're not going to make you stand up. We just want to lead you in a prayer for every person who says, I'm ready to believe. I'm ready to surrender. And maybe this is a first-time decision for some of you. Maybe you're a Christian who you've walked away from God. You've you've turned the other way, and you're ready to believe again. doesn't matter where you are. If you feel the weight of your sin, the weight of your past, you feel the weight of of the guilt kind of crashing down on you right now, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand right where you are to be included in this prayer. If that's you, one, two, three. Three, come on, lift up your hand right where you are to believe again. Awesome. Anyone else in here? I see you. I see you. Proud of you. See you over there. Anybody else today say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you're tired of running today. Maybe maybe you followed him at one time and you got off track and you say, I want to get back right. I need to get back. I see you. Thank you proud of you anyone else today i'm i'm not going to call you out or embarrass you wouldn't do that for the world i just want to lead us in a prayer today i see you i see you all right look i want you to pray this with me and mean it from your heart pray this bold with me say say this say jesus come on let's say it bold jesus i come before you today and i give you my life i confess that i need you I'm tired of running from you. And so right now, I'm running to you, into your arms. I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all come on, give God praise in this place for three or four people. They gave their life to Jesus today. That's so awesome. God's still moving. God's still working. He's moving mountains. And I'm so proud of you.